0: Welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Today's show is sponsored by Ron Rubin Winery. Without their financial support, we would not be here recording today. They've come to our rescue and are sponsoring our podcast for the entire year. We encourage you to get to know them. Check out their website by visiting ronrubinwinery.com. Welcome to Episode 139. Today, our guest is Tom Lutz, the founder and inventor of the RePour Saver. You may have noticed me using this in some of our posts, but we're so happy he's here. Welcome, Tom.
1: Hey, thank you. It's great to be here.
0: So I, I know you're not
2: in the studio here with us, but we are starting our show, as usual, with the wine of the day. So I'm sorry for you, because <laughs> <laughs> what we're having today is our uh, Alexander Valley Vineyards Rosé.
0: This is like the house podcast wine
2: almost. Yeah, this is a 2020 rosé. Oh my gosh, this is so delicious. It's the rosé of Sangiovese from Alexander Valley Vineyards right outside of Healdsburg. And yes, we are having that this morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the problem is we don't need to use a report because we're going to finish that.
2: Yeah, that's. I, I already had a rough day and it's the morning. <laughs> so we are going to finish that.
0: All righty. So, welcome, Tom. You know, Tom and I and Beth met a couple of years ago at a trade show where Tom had a booth right next to us, and they were promoting the product. I think you had just launched at that point. Was is that right, Tom?
1: Yeah, they called a launch maybe a little uh, a little <laughs> generous, um, it was, but but that but that was actually our first event. Um, that was the first formal uh, trade event that we ever went to. So it was an uh, introduction. three, four years ago. Yeah. It was an introduction at the time.
0: Yeah. And so you were right next to us and I'm like, well, what is that? Because you had all these bottles of wine, uh, different vintages, older wines, and um, you had the report and you were explaining to people, but I'm going to let you explain what it does and how it works so people can get more acquainted with it. Yeah.
1: You know, I I affectionately call oxygen the frenemy of wine. Uh, It's a friend, as you kind of know, right? That's why the wines that sit in our cellars get better through time. Uh, But it's an enemy. Once we open up that bottle of wine, uh, oxygen and some chemical and biological processes turn your alcohol into vinegar, which is why if you don't do anything, you end up throwing that bottle of wine down the drain after a couple days because it tastes so horrible. So pretty much all wine preservation is trying to manage oxygen contact with your wine uh, generally after you've opened the bottle. And uh, what we've come up with is uh, a new, innovative way of removing that oxygen. So instead of vacuuming it out and trying to pump a vacuum pump to pull um, air out of the bottle, um, we're actually using active oxygen absorption. So kind of a long way of saying we are reacting um, with the oxygen in the bottle. uh, And by doing so, we remove 100% of that oxygen. So the use report uh, is actually feels really simple all you're doing is removing a little foil seal from what looks like a decorative stopper and putting that that stopper on the bottle right Uh, it's so
0: simple that some it's almost confounding you think how can this simple item be so effective but yeah
1: you know it's been the biggest uphill battle i've had is because people say how can that possibly be how can a a little stopper that just looks like it's a decorative thing that i just put on the top of the bottle uh, save my wine Right, Uh, But if you were to cut it open, you'd actually find there's this kind of some magic inside of it. Uh, it, It's an oxygen absorber. Um, I like to say oxygen absorbers are used in the world kind of all around us, but we don't really realize it most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been used in food packaging and food preservation for 40-plus years. Uh, So what I did is I tailored that chemistry to work really well in the wine environment. Um, So it removes all the oxygen, and it doesn't interact with anything else, and that's what keeps the wine fresh.
0: And it... It is amazing how simple it is, and I always equate it to like, you know, you're ripping off the foil like a little coffee creamer kind of thing, and then you put it in. But what I always have to explain to people is this is not just for, you know, a day or two. I use this, I'll put it in the wine and revisit it like a month, two months, three months later, and that's when you realize, wow, this is magic.
2: So the reason that Marcy can revisit a wine months later is because she opens up so much at one time because she does tastings. So, I mean, at home, you wouldn't be revisiting a wine three months later.
0: Right. So mo- at most At home, it's a few days or but, a week. But if you m. had a big party for consumers right. and listeners, this would be a great thing if, say, you opened a bunch of bottles and then you wanted to revisit them later.
1: So what I'm finding is a lot of, a lot of people are doing things like, you, you know, your Alexander Vin- Vineyards um, or Alexander Valley Rosé. Maybe I just want a glass of that tonight and then I'm going to switch to something else with dinner. Right. So it kind of changes your um your use at home. You can have multiple lines that open um and come back and enjoy it on a different night.
2: I also talked a lot about um uh, the report earlier in our you know pandemic lifetime <laughs> when uh, wineries were doing so many virtual tastings it's because if a if a customer were to order the package of the you know six wines and taste through them online you know via some cool zoom tasting with the winemaker you did want to open all six of them because you wanted to taste along with the winemaker and so the repo is just a perfect uh, solution for that so
0: tom i want to know what was your light bulb moment and what is your background that led you to think, you know, I'm going to invent something like this because this is not a, like this isn't an easy leap like, oh, a cap. It's in its essence kind of complex, but simple for the consumer. How did you come to make this?
1: Yeah, my story's uh, a little different. I I'm, I live in the Midwest. Uh, I like to affectionately say we're about as far from the core wine industry as possible. <laughs> um, and it was a, it was two o'clock in the morning. Actually, I had a newborn son. He was two weeks old, and <laughs> as my wife was resting. And I think we just threw a half bottle of wine down the drain. And I was kind of keeping an eye on him. I was laying out on the couch. And uh, I've spent most of my professional career kind of where science meets real-world problems. Uh, I have a PhD in chemistry as my formal education, and I've kind of been around that uh, real-world problem-solving for a long time. And I think I I just started thinking about that half bottle of wine we threw away, and I knew enough about wine. I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't call myself an oniophile by any means um, to know that oxygen was the thing that we had to manage, right? So I started thinking about, well, there's got to be a better way, that old adage, uh, of getting oxygen out of the bottles and vacuum pumps and other things that tend to not work for most people. Um And that's really where that aha moment came came to me at two o'clock in the morning and uh, started playing with different ideas, some of them not very good, um, <laughs> and kind of came across this idea uh, and spent about a year developing it actually. Um and kind of like I said, i I, I like wine. I, I was pretty c- convinced it worked and worked pretty well. Um, but I didn't really trust myself that well. So after about a year of playing with it and trialing different things, I took it to a local SOM group that did a blind uh, taste test on it. And quite humbly, I was just blown away at how well it performed um, by their um, blind tasting uh, compared to unopened bottles of wine or freshly opened bottles of wine compared to wines that had been saved under rapport. And that's kind of when we knew we were onto something and um, we didn't want to make a gimmick. We only wanted to come to product or to market with a product if it really worked and that was kind of our, I guess, our secondary aha moment. And from that point, uh, we started developing all the packaging and branding and all those types of things.
0: And was the form factor always the one we see today? Or was it? did it go through several iterations of design?
1: A lot of iterations of design. I still have one uh, sitting on a wine bottle that's now four and a half, five years old. Um, with a Lego that was broken apart and glued to the top of a prototype because I didn't have a top done yet. (laughs) And it's still keeping oxygen below um, 0.05% because I had a little sensor in the bottle. Um, But, you know, we we did a lot of kind of consumer research. Should we do a two-part with an insert, a replaceable insert, if you will? Um, Should we do just a a single-use stopper so we don't have to find all the pieces and parts? Uh, and five years ago, a lot of the feedback was, you know, we'd rather just have one piece. It's a lot easier, right. um, really tailored, more towards the restaurant environment. So we're, we're working on one with a replaceable insert, so we'll have kind of both versions, because there's obviously a, a good opportunity um, for both uses. Um, we reduced the plastic down a lot from what it originally was, but uh, still want to be very sensitive to um, trying to keep as low a carbon footprint as we possibly can. Um, and then it'll also actually... Um, Preserve sparkling wines, believe it or not, Um, because it's only removing oxygen; it doesn't interact with the carbon dioxide at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but little little um, but behind that is the pressure in the bottle will pop the the stopper off most often. Oh
0: right, yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, I have people duct taping it on right now and things like that. But we are (laughs) working on a on a fixture that will hold it in place um, so that you can use it to preserve sparkling wine as well.
0: Well, that's yeah, that would be great. Yes. And when when is that going to roll out?
1: You know, we had a we had a version pretty much all ready to go um, prior to COVID uh, and then COVID hit. And like a lot of people, we saw our business um, change a little bit. Um, so we just kind of put a hold on it. So it's kind of sitting there ready to go. Um, it's just kind of uh, time to pull the trigger on it and start tooling and getting it ready for the market, I guess.
2: Dang, that's awesome. That's exciting. I drink lots of sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> i could be a good customer a good repeat customer
0: are you going to have a plan in the future about like recycling the reports or what, what, is there anything oh that's thing good in the work idea. for that i mean I, I use a a coffee maker that they send you a bag and you send the capsules back it's through ely um i just wondered if that's something on your agenda
1: yeah, we so we do actually offer a return to manufacturer uh, program for restaurants or higher volume right. outlets mm-hmm. um, where we we send prepaid labels, they ship it back. Um, I haven't quite figured out a good way to do it on a, a smaller use basis if somebody just has a four pack or a ten pack.
0: Yeah, it almost doesn't uh, make sense so, with a small amount the shipping. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah, but at that point you're actually doing more. I, I think harm um, by shipping a small quantity of things right. and effectiveness in shipping a larger quantity. So exactly, that, that's where maybe the the replaceable insert comes into play um, a little bit more when we get down to that side of things. Um, but we do we are offering some programs. It's just not really kind of a it doesn't work for all applications at this
0: point. Or you could use them in a crafts. I'm thinking of making a wreath with all of them. <laughs> like Here a, we go. Something crafty. Paint them. Put them on the tree. <laughs>
2: Yeah, put them on the tree. That's not a good sign. I don't think of a tree <laughs> <laughs> On
0: the Christmas Telling, tree.
2: Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> not outside. <laughs> Even. <laughs> okay. So. Um, we managed to meet in person just, to, I don't know, now it's been a month or so ago when you're out here. So when you do make it out to Sonoma County, Tom, is it just a pedal to the metal meeting with uh, uh, customers, wineries and, and all work and no fun? Or are there some things in Sonoma County that you like to see when you come or some restaurants you love or a winery that you for sure want to check out when you're here?
1: Yeah, you know, so prior to COVID, I, I'd been out there a couple of times. Um, even prior to rapport existing with family and, mm-hmm. and my wife, um, my goal last year was to start making a lot of trips and then obviously we all know what happened. Yeah. So <laughs> no I had no a trips. great opportunity coming <laughs> with you. Um, and, but that was my first trip out there in two years. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I kind of just went and visited all the, all our great friends and partners that are already, um, using rapport and mm-hmm. supporting us. Uh-huh. Um, my plan is to start making very routine trips out, um, but I did find a, a lovely coffee shop that I absolutely love, Le Pascal's Patisserie in Glen Ellen. Oh, um, yes, which was just cute and fun, and actually grabbed a big loaf of French bread and use that as my lunch as I drive from one appointment <laughs> to another. Living the life, um, Tom. <laughs> yeah, you know French bread. That'll get, you got me a French bread, so I'm. Good While there. you're racing <laughs>
0: down the road, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Living the dream A you know, baguette but, uh, in
0: one hand, a bottle in the other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, no, absolutely looking forward to getting back out. We have a, a, a number of wonderful restaurants out there that are, are using us, and I had an opportunity to eat at a couple of them while I was there, and we'll absolutely get back to some of them as well.
2: So I know uh, you'd mentioned when you were here that um, you've had some wineries that have, you know, they were unfamiliar with repor, but they gave it to their winemaker to try, and, you know, with wild success. So how does that kind of unfold? How does that work?
1: Yeah, it's you know our our go-to-market strategy was really so many people have been burnt by wine preservation gimmicks that right. we have a kind of an uphill battle to to climb right. So um, our mark go-to-market strategy, as you kind of noted with the, that first event a few years ago, Marcy, um, was really just to start get samples in the hands of people that um, really understand and know wine, winemakers, sommeliers. Um, people that are really knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. And that's really the strategy, and, and it still is. Um, COVID kind of led us to go a little bit different path for a while. But, um, you know, if you go and read our, the reviews on our website, they're all 100% legitimate. We don't pay for any reviews. We just ask people to give honest opinions of what they think of it. Um, and I find it's a slower <laughs> way to market, but it's, a, it's so much more authentic and rewarding You're for said, me. It's pretty, it's pretty the real, honesty.
0: yeah. <laughs> it's also just yeah. growing yep. that awareness yes, through people genuine. you can trust.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's worked really well for us. But it's just, you know, I, get, I just need to get sampled to more people. And that's really kind of where we're at right now.
0: Right. Yeah, I think, um, I
2: think the thing is, uh, it looks so simple that people think, well, that can't really work. <laughs> because it just is so easy. But it definitely does work. Once a month, we do when I say we, I mean, Marcy <laughs> does a, a wine review and we're sure review six or eight different uh, wines for the Wine Road members. And um she does try to go back and taste them, you know, three or four times throughout maybe a couple of week time period, and she uses the report every time for all of those wines. And, you know, so it's it's Wine Road tested. <laughs> we really super support this product, and um, we definitely want to help get the word out and have people try them. Um, if people are listening to the show today and they write to Beth at wineroad.com and um, say that we want to... Uh, check out the report, I have five of them in my office. So I'll send a f- five, the first five people that write to me, I'll send them this little pack. I have the pack that comes with four. Ah, cool.
0: So I have a great item that kind of dovetails quite nicely with the report. Normally we've had the report as our item of the day, But today I wanted to tell you about, and I know if you're hearing this and it's December 2nd, don't fret. You might still have time. You know, advent calendars are really big around the holidays. You know, they're chocolate, they're tea, they're whatever. But wine advent calendars have really become a thing. (laughs) So I recently... Finally. (laughs) I I couldn't bring it with me because it was so big, but I brought a little uh, teaser of it. But it's called the Wine Adventure, Adventure, Wine Advent (laughs) Calendar. And it's 24 bottles half bottles of all these different types of- You mean of, not half bottles,
2: Um, like little tiny- No,
0: no, uh, thir- uh, 37, 375 millimeter. You're kidding, yeah, oh my god. So I couldn't bring it because it's a big big old thing. Yeah. So it's a case and you open it up, like this little graphic sits over it and it gives you each number and you uh-huh. punch through and you pull the bottle out. Oh my gosh. And these bottles are just awesome. They're from all over the world and I haven't tried them yet because it's not December, but um, you know they're from France, they're from Argentina, they're from Hungary. Really cute. I kind of snuck a peek at everything, so I didn't have to punch through this. But this is something that if you lived alone and you you didn't want to drink the whole half bottle, you could definitely use the report because there's going to be 24 of these. It is super cute. That's a really cool. And it is called, and it's, this is, I got it at Costco. So if you hear, you know, the sound of my voice reaches your ears <laughs> and it's not too late, you can get this at Costco. I think it's like $99 for 24 bottles. Very cool. I'll be interested to see the quality, but I've heard from actually with Sarita, mm-hmm. who we had on the podcast who tipped me off that the wine is pretty good. So I'm going to I think I'm going to try to taste one a day and do a little video of yeah. it, you know, my unedited opinion. <laughs> but if you're interested in this, it's wine adventure and there's a website, and I'll put it in the show notes, but it's wineadvent-er, U-R-E dot com. <laughs> so I will put that in the show notes. But it, the graphics are super cute. It's super fun. Wines from all over the world. I think this is a cool idea, but if for some reason this wasn't available, there's a lot of wine advent calendars out there. There's, a, there's 12 days and 24. So what is the difference between... The 12 Days of Christmas and Advent calendar.
2: Oh, Marcy, we're going to have to sit down to do a tutorial after you the show. You went to Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't pay a lot of
0: attention. <laughs> we'll look it up together. <laughs> All right. But do you know, Tom, what's know the difference a between the 12 of days, of days of Christmas
1: and... I, I am not sure, but uh, that that sounds like a fun little, uh, little thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's super cool. But I've seen the 12 wine things, but usually they're full bottles. I love that these are half bottles. Yeah. And so this is my item of the day kind of coincides with using a repour because if you are doing a full bottle wine advent calendar, like you're definitely not going to probably do that every bottle. Let's hope not. (laughs) You might. (laughs) Yeah. No, no no, no can do. Also, I think these would make a great stocking stuffer. For the wine lover in your life, put a repour in their stocking. Yeah, I definitely think so. So
2: Yeah, it comes um, in
1: four packs, ten packs, and either one makes great for great fits for stockings.
2: So, yeah, the first five people that email Beth at wineroad.com, and you have to tell me that you're checking in about the repour, I will pop one in the mail to you. So um, that could be cool. And then, of course, when you get it, I will thoroughly expect you to tell your friends. <laughs> tell your <laughs> friends and neighbors. So um, besides our little uh, item, do you have a word of the day, a
0: wine word, Marcy? That- I always feel like Groucho Marx when you... <laughs> Asked me that the word of the day. Like I'm, I'm sure half the audience has no idea what that's about. I mean, it was before my time too, but I, I've heard of it. <laughs> so uh, today's wine word of the day is going to be dusty. And you think how can that relate to wine? Um, dusty, but it really it's a texture term, and it's it's the it's talking about when tannins are very light and powdery. Like have you ever had a wine that has powdery tannins? And you you hear about it, but when you Taste that and feel that. He's like, oh my gosh, you know. it is very powdery. You know, you're experiencing dusty, powdery tannin.
2: Actually, is a super. That was a great word
0: because that is not
2: used often. Well, that's
0: why you have me here, I, right? I know, really.
2: that's, <laughs> that's why you're in charge. That's why you're the brains of the operation. I ring
0: the ten dollars <laughs> word.
2: Okay. So um, I also wanted to mention that we do have a new wine winery member along the wine road. Um, It's always fun when we bring someone new on board. Um, It's Errett Family Wines, and they actually have a tasting room right in downtown Healdsburg. So if you've been to Healdsburg and you're familiar with the town, you probably are familiar with Cousteau French Bakery. The tasting room is right across the street. So I would have an early breakfast. And then I would run across the street for my wine tasting. Um, They actually uh, share a tasting room with GC Lurton. So if you were in town, you could make an appointment, reservations, and kind of see two wineries right there in one
0: tasting room. That's a place for you to try, Tom. Next time you're here, Costeau. You can get your big old loaf of French bread. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah,
1: no. My mouth is starting to water when you mentioned. Oh my gosh,
2: Costeau's
0: is (laughs) awesome. Yeah, so um,
2: the winery really specializes in Cabernet and Bordeaux blends. So just note to self, something new to see. And then uh, along the line of new, we have something new on our website, which is probably more exciting to me than to you, but (laughs) I like to share my good news anyway. (laughs) So we have just uh, added, right on the homepage of the website, it's called Featured Members of the Week. And every week uh, on Tuesdays, we'll be updating that. There'll be two wineries and one of our lodging members. It'll be featured. Um, When you kind of scroll over their photo, it drops down and tells you all about that particular uh, winery or lodging. And the wineries and lodgings themselves are submitting the text that they want there. So they're really highlighting what they think is important. And if you had, you know, their little elevator pitch, this is what they want you to know about them. So um, you can check out on our website this week's featured members. Super cool to add something new. And then let's see. I think lastly, did you have something else, Marcy? Well, I was just going
0: to ask Tom if he had anything else that I didn't ask or he wanted to let us know about the product or plans or anything. You know, sometimes you like to ask a guest, what else would you like to say? (laughs) Do you have any other words, Tom?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. You know, people, uh, I just challenge people to give Rapport a try and see what they think. Put it through their own paces. That's what I always say as a scientist. Tom, I like you need... that people put through on their paces.
0: You need a TikTok challenge on this. Oh, my God. Probably. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. <laughs> All right. That's my $10 idea for Tom, along with my $10 word. But yeah, well, maybe uh, I don't even have TikTok. That's how like out of it I am. But But we've heard. We could do. Beth and I could do like TikTok report dance and, you know. Oh, my gosh. We'll have to do that. That would be so fun. Sure. I I don't know. That might be bad for his brand. I know. We'll consult about this
1: later. Well, before
0: we shared it with the world. (laughs) We'll make it share with you.
1: I probably have to get on TikTok, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well. We'll rethink this
2: idea. Another glass of wine, by God, and we'll be recording (laughs) in the parking lot. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. Uh, Okay, so um, I did also want to mention that uh, just a few weeks ago, there was one of those mornings when you came in on a Monday, and I thought, oh, my gosh, it's only Monday. It's already a long week. And then in my little contact, the info, I had three emails from different people asking um, sort of itinerary visiting questions, but they all said that they were podcast listeners. I mean, I went back and double-checked. I thought, oh my gosh, three people in one day have said they were podcast listeners. Our that people. was super cool. <laughs>
0: That's great. And
2: um, yeah, I actually printed them all out because I thought, oh, I need this little wall of affirmations. And <laughs> We're doing okay. People are listening. Not like, alone it was so in awesome. <laughs> so I thought this was cool. And I already forwarded this to Sarita. Um, Andy from Baltimore uh, he even commented that he loved the podcast. He was I get, helped him with some other plans that he was making. And he went online and he ordered that book, the oh, awesome. activity book. He thought it was so fun. It was going to entertaining for his friends that were coming with him on the trip. And you so sent
0: thought, that email to Sarita? Yeah. Oh, she must have loved that. So I thought
2: that was cool. And then um, another person wrote and she said, Hello, your podcast is such a pleasure and so helpful for planning a Sonoma trip. My excitement grows with each episode. And I love this because she said back in episode number 54, which was In June of 2018, I mean, this person has gone back and really probably bobbing and weaving and listening to the different shows that, you know, sound good to her. But towards the end of the show, um, she said, Beth mentions that some wineries allow visitors to hike through the vineyards um, following a tasting. And is that still true? So I thought, gosh, you know, with COVID and reservations only, I'm really not sure. So I uh, sent it out to all of my wineries and asked if they were still doing that. And I did get back to um, Jamie and give her the details. So in case you're interested in that, um, at Acorn Winery, they do let people do vineyard hikes. Um, sometimes Bill, who is the winemaker and one of the owners, will go along with you. That's a um,
0: special hike. If but, it's Bill's yeah. going along, That you'll learn so much. Yeah. It's so fun.
2: So if Bill can't go, they just give you a little map of the vineyards and tell you to take your time and, um, you know, have fun. It's not part of the reservation tasting, so you don't have to schedule it. You can do a tasting if you want and then wander off on your own and do some tasting. At Capo Creek out in Dry Creek Valley, they do not have a self-guided tour, but they do offer a great, one of their tasting experiences does include a vineyard tour. And then let's see, at West Wines, they have self-guided tours through one of the vineyards starting from the tasting room and that there's signs along the way telling you you know, where you're at and what wines are planted there. So you just have to check in with the tasting room and get your map before you take off. So that's at West Wines um, right off on Dry Creek Road. And then Jordan Winery does uh, a reservation only vineyard hike uh, I think there's all just through the spring and the summer. and that's that's a cool That's hike. spectacular
0: because you go up high and then you have the
2: view. oh boy, that's worth doing. Yeah, and they have a lake up there. it's I mean it's really a beautiful you see everything. you see vineyards, hills, the lake yeah and the view to I don't know all over. So that's uh, vineyard or Jordan Vineyards and Winery and that would be on their website. And then Boleto, I got a super funny note from Terry Boleto, who said that they do um, self-guided tours, but not during the rainy season, because she said we'd have to pull you out with a tractor with a clay soil. (laughs) And then she had some funny stories of, you know, things that had gone wrong (laughs) in the winter. So you you can't do it this time of year. But, you know, spring, (laughs) summer, fall, when it's not raining, um, you can do self-guided tours, uh, walking tours out at Boleto. So that's what I've got so far.
0: I have a quick cheat hint on that. If mm-hmm. you hike the Laguna Trail mm-hmm. from in Sebastopol from um, Highway 12 to Occidental Road, you go right past Bledo. Oh, that'd be right by Bledo, yeah.
2: Yeah. That's cool. Um, and then this is not so much a vineyard hike, but um, a garden that I really always highly suggest is at the Kendall Jackson uh, Winery Estate and Garden, which is just off of Highway 101, just north of Santa Rosa. Uh, their gardens are spectacular. I mean, really, I think it's two acres of just really incredible flower and culinary um, and native plant uh, gardens. And then they also do have a demonstration vineyard. And um, just kind of funny, I had my little grandson here a couple of months ago, and we went, and it was uh, September. And so all the grapes were in that demonstration vineyard were at their prime time to be harvested. So we were just walking around picking grapes like crazy. And he really uh, gravitated toward the Viognier, so I thought he's a Rhone Ranger in the making. Is a year and a half. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but um, that is a great experience if you come uh, during that time of year, so you can really taste all those grapes.
0: All good hints. Yeah. So, folks listening out there, if you have an, something you want to know, write to Beth. <laughs>
2: well, and the thing is, you know what I do when I get those kind of questions? Honest to God, I just send an email out to we have a like 130 winery members, and I just send it to everyone yeah. and just say, I have a customer that's interested in this. What is? What are the answers? And um. I, I what's cool about that is I also have a lot of wineries that say, you know, we don't do that, but I know yep. you know this winery does or that winery does, and so I can follow up and, and you know, I get the latest and the greatest. It's better than Google. It's better than Google. Yeah. So Alrighty. I
0: think that's we'll put notes, you know, okay. show notes, links to all yes. that. We're gonna put show notes to the report of course and how you can find out about this and where to get it. We'll put a link to our wine adventure advent calendar, which is super groovy if i do say so myself. <laughs> and um our Alexander Valley my rosé, the Alexander Valley rosé. And uh anything else we need to link to? I think that's kind of all the
2: links, but um when we wrap up, i do want to say uh, one more time, uh, thank you to Ron Rubin Winery for their continued support and you know, i i think you probably want to check them out because i personally have done a lot of quality control on their uh, Russian River Valley Chardonnay and Everyone is as good as the one before. <laughs> yep. Good to know.
0: That's our that's our house podcast Chardonnay. Yeah. Anyways, thank you, Tom, so much for being here, and we'll see you on the wine road. Thanks. Goodbye. Thank you.
1: It's always great catching up.
0: All right. Take care. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Bye.